In this special interview, Southwestern content strategist Mandy Hudson catches up with retiring Southwestern Advantage president Dan Moore, who has spent nearly half a century with Southwestern family of companies. Dan discusses the changes he's seen over those years, recalls key moments along the way, and takes a look ahead to his next project. Tell me a little bit about how long you've been with Southwestern. This summer marks my 49th summer with the company. Wow. Started when I was an 18-year-old college freshman, coming to sales school for the first time in June of 1974. I've never put a resume together. Because you've been here the whole time. You haven't been here the whole time. Well, the joke about the resume is I had sat down when I was in college to start one, so I typed the first word and read it back, and I thought it said resume, so I went back to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just never felt the need for it, never looked outside, never wanted to look outside. The notion of lifetime employment in one place is definitely not dead. It's very real, and our company makes that possible for people that, that work hard and do a good job. Absolutely. This is a place where you can settle down and build your career here and, and spend your life doing something that matters. Well, one of our goals is to become a destination employer where people, this is the ultimate, they never look again. And I've been blessed to have that since I was 18. How did you hear about Southwestern originally when you were in college? My student manager was a senior in college when I was a freshman. And I was having lunch one day in the upper class dining hall where he lived. And he walked over this tray and just said, excuse me, are you a freshman? Do you mind if I join you? I'm a senior. Blew my mind because at that school, seniors never talked to freshmen. And he sat down and just struck up a conversation with me and the two guys I was living with. They were not very responsive to the conversation, but I thought he was a super interesting person. And a few days later, he called me up on the phone and said, we, we met in the Kirkland House dining hall. I said, oh yeah, that's right. What's up? He said, well, I just wonder what your plans were for the summer. At that point, I didn't really have any summer plans. So we got together the next weekend again, and he ran through the program, told me he'd worked for three summers, told me what he'd learned, how much money he'd made, people he'd impacted. It sounded terrific. So that's when I decided I was going to do it. But then I went back, told all my friends and roommates all about it, and they just ripped me apart for even considering going to sell books door to door. I said, you an idiot. No, you're a loser. No way should you do that. So I quickly decided not to do it. And that's how easily swayed I was at that moment. But he had told me he would call me up when his sales manager came to town, and I could come by and listen to what he had to say and make a choice then, which was so smart on his part. So he overcame my reluctance, and I came to meet the district sales leader. It immediately just hit me. I need what these guys have. Wow. What college was this? I was at Harvard. How did you go from as a student to working at Southwestern corporately? Well, with every student in the program that has some promise or potential, people hope they can might be become a district sales leader, which is really the most important job in our whole family of companies. So I set my sights that I would love to do that at some point, but I got it earlier than I expected to, kind of a battlefield promotion. The guy above me was asked to start a new division within the company. And it created some openings. And so they assigned a few students to work with me in addition to the ones I already had. And it's enough for me to become a district sales manager. So I did that for, for four years. And then my sales director was promoted to president of the company, called me up, asked me and my wife Maria to come to Nashville so we could have a conversation. And we had no idea what it was about. We didn't know if he was going to fire us or transfer us or something. And he told us he'd become president of the company and he had a long list of special projects that he felt needed a lot of attention that he thought I could contribute materially to those projects. So we looked it over, talked it through, spent the weekend thinking about it, called my dad for advice because it was going to be really difficult to stop being a district sales leader. It's a role I really loved, loved impacting students individually. But you can keep influencing a group of students as long as you want to. But in this role, you may be able to influence all of them one day if you do a good job. So that was kind of the hook for me. And along the way, received opportunities to work on some things I didn't understand one little bit. Didn't understand budgeting, didn't understand product development, didn't understand forecasting. 
all I understood was sales and recruiting. But through a lot of good mentorship, people like Ralph Mosley, who was the former CEO of the company, I learned a great deal. I was able to get a master's at Vanderbilt along the way and just kept on saying yes whenever new opportunities were presented. Just kind of a habit to always say yes first and figure it out later. That eventually led to different roles, different opportunities within the company to the point Henry met with me and asked me if I would become the next president of the company. And I felt ready for that and honored to be in the role. So it wasn't exactly a straightforward step from that first meeting at Harvard till I became the president of the company. It was a long process, but brilliant process as well. Yeah. So most of your time then has been in Advantage? All of it. With the exception to that would be with SBR Consulting, which I was a co-founder of that back in 2002. Started in, in, in England and now it's just really grown, become a tremendous, tremendous organization. So I've stayed involved with them. But the vast majority of my time has been with Southwestern Advantage. I've never had a corporate role or, or a role in the family of companies other than those two. So how have things changed? You know, you, you started in the 70s. How have things changed from then until now? Well, I think that what, what the students do has changed in certain ways due to technology and due to social media. In other words, when, when I was selling books, if I ran into somebody and they really liked the product, they might tell one other person about it, maybe a neighbor or relative or somebody, and I might not even know they'd ever told anybody about it. Today, the students, each time they make a sale, they encourage people to do a Facebook post and ask if they can post it on their own Facebook page. So they're able to build tremendous community spirit in advance of the visit to anybody's home. It can work in reverse, too. You know, if, if I did something and got somebody upset, they might tell the neighbor over the back fence about this terrible door-to-door salesman that came to the house. With social media, a couple of clicks, and you can spread that through the whole neighborhood, even the whole community. So we've really become much more skilled at understanding this reach of media and how important it is to always be presenting yourself in the very, very best light, the very best possible way. We've adopted technology in the sales process also. When I sold books, we were trying to find families that had children because that was our target audience. And we just simply did it by asking ahead. Nowadays, they have a program called Sales Rabbit. It's a mapping program with tremendous features where they can add in the families they've met, the referrals, the facts about the family setting appointments, etc. So technology's impacted the sales process as well. And our product line is completely different. Way, way better products that also incorporate technology. These are attributes of what, what happens, but the real basics of what a student learns and what they go through has changed very, very little. It's still entirely dependent upon their willpower, their determination to not give up and to stay the course until they get skilled at this. This is a learning curve, just like anything else. It takes a while to get really skilled at, at anything. And in this program, they're not only learning how to deal with people, they're learning how to deal with their own emotions. And those emotions can really get out of control. So a big part of what we've always done is try to prepare people for the emotional growth they're going to go through and guide them along the way. And as far as I know, that's always been the case, even before I got involved. And I know it will be after I'm gone. But the core things that it takes to be successful, the work ethic, the attitude, the focus on their goals, seeing the big picture, keeping things in perspective, never giving up. These are the core things that cause a student to come out of learning so, so much and being such a better person as a result. What are some of your favorite milestones over the years? Probably my favorite moment was the time I didn't really want to study. I was a senior in college and didn't want to study that night and heard that our district sales manager was in town at a different college. So I went to sit through some of his recruiting presentations and a guy that I'd sold books with brought his sister into that recruiting presentation. I thought she was the most striking person I'd ever met in my life. We'd now been married 44 and a half years. So I got to say that was the most important moment was when, when she walked into that recruiting room. The rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> history we're continuing to make. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. In terms of the career milestones, being a district sales manager is such a great privilege. To still be in contact with a number of students that I influenced in the 1970s is, is a tremendous experience. And to hear them say that it was a life-changing thing for them. 
Those continue in great, great ways. In 1982, when our company went private, to have an opportunity to be one of the original shareholders of the company was a tremendous honor. Uh, we had no idea what it was going to turn into at that time. There were probably more risk factors than there were success factors in play. But it also taught me the importance of belief in what you do. And if you don't believe in enough to invest in it, you really don't believe in it. So that's turned out to be pretty smart, wise investment over the years. When I had the chance to take on new responsibilities, particularly in the area of product development, take a lot of pride in our product line compared to what it used to be. And all of that is a process of several people. I, I can't say that I wrote the books, but having the directorial impact on everything that we sell has been a, a tremendous experience for me. Uh, speaking in sales school and at meetings around the world gives me a chance to showcase what we're all about to young people that maybe don't know much about us. And for whatever reason, I've got some skill in that area. It enables me to continue to impact the young people. The motto that we've always had at Southwestern, which is to be the best organization in the world at helping young people develop the skills and character to achieve their goals in life. I'm the one that synthesized that after a meeting with all of our directors where we were trying to come up with what we thought our mission should be. And I don't ever sign my name to it, but I really believe it. And I think it's important. And it was a milestone meeting when we focused on skills and character, both, not just one or the other, and helping young people but really become all they can be. I suppose our, our international growth has also been something that's been really stimulating to see that happen. To be a, a small part of helping that work in good ways for young people has been terrific. And then, of course, our whole family of companies concept, seeing all the different divisions that start, many of whom are headed by people that might have sat through a training class that I ran when they were first beginners in our program. That's very, very gratifying. When you see a young person develop and become head of a company, it means a lot. How many kids do you think have come through the program over the years? Well, over the years since the company started, our best estimate is somewhere between 150 and 200,000. Since I started doing training, it's well over 100,000. What advice would you give the book kids or the dealers some last words of wisdom or advice? I think having a why that is focused on causes bigger than ourselves is really, really essential. When I say bigger than ourselves, I might also include our future self could be a part of that. Developing into the kind of person that could be of an impact in the long run of life, have an impact on our own personal family, people we encounter, opportunities we face. So the why has to be something that is compelling and will pull out the very best of us that will ask everything we can and then make a commitment to that why so that we just aren't going to quit. Everything in life that is worth doing is also hard to do. Everything in life that makes an impact is not simple. And so perseverance and just not giving up, I don't think there's any way to quantify the power and the value of that. Also encourage people to, to be sure that the people we hang out with influence us in the right ways, because we're all influenced by people we associate with. And sometimes we get into a group of people that are kind of negative thinkers. And I find I'm immediately influenced by that. So learning to manage the people that I spend time with and making sure I spend time with people that are uplifting, that try to find a way instead of finding an excuse, is so important, and I would encourage everybody, particularly our young people, to do that. We live in a very divisive time in our country and in our world, politically and socially, economically, in so many ways. It's really easy to get swayed by one way or another, which is why knowing our own values is so important, and then listening to people that are also uplifting and trying to find positive ways out and not just negative ways to pull things down. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you're most excited about for the future, things that might be on the horizon for advantage? Advantage, I think it's going to be a continual growth process of becoming better and better at our one-to-one -one recruiting so that our good students that are returning can do a better job of influencing their friends to join them. 
because some of my dear friends that I have today are people that I sold books with. And one of my big regrets is that I wasn't more skilled at recruiting former friends of mine that I'd known since high school and college. I just didn't know what to do to bring them out. And I wasn't a very good example all the time either, which kept some of them away. So what I really get excited about is, is that relationship building aspect of what we contribute into people's lives, because our world's going to need that in a big way. I think our product line is going to continue to refine and to develop. We have a, a product now called Lead, which is one of the most exciting innovations we've ever had because it focuses on developing character in a young person through a very guided and structured learning program. And that's going to have a massive impact on so many generations of young people. So I give a lot of credit to, to Matt Ross, who is the original inspiration behind that. Ryan Davis and Ben Bressler have really made it into a great product. So I'm fired up about that feature. And above all, so many young people that I know came through sales school this year, some of whom are going to be sales managers. Somebody's going to be running the company. Somebody's going to be starting a new division within the company. That I get really excited when I think about the future. I don't think we've ever been in a stronger place, in fact, as a company. So it's a launchpad time for the, the best growth, the best impact we've ever had. Dave Causer is stepping into your old role. He sure is. Dave is my first mentor. I finished my very first summer, and we have an award ceremony at the end of the summer. And I remember showing up at the meeting and seeing my district sales manager and shaking his hand and said, Jim, who should I spend some time with this weekend that could help me with my, my goals and my ideas? And he pointed across from and said, that young man right over there, his name is David Causer. You need to spend time with him. So I walked across and met Dave. So we go way, way back to the fall of 74 and his wisdom, his straightforward nature, his ability to simplify something that's complicated and help people believe they can achieve it is just legendary. So I'm so excited that he's the next president of the company, but he's just remarkable. Everything he's accomplished with Southwestern Advantage and with GEC. I don't know how he does. I think there's five of them, actually. He wears a lot of hats, for sure. He does. And he wears them with great grace and great humility. What's something that you're looking forward to in retirement? Something that you've always wanted to do that you're going to do when you step down? Well, one really cool thing about my job, Mandy, I don't have any regrets about things I wished I had done. In our program, we believe in people achieving all their goals. So we've been able to travel a lot and do a lot of things we wanted to do. We're going to prioritize hiking. We both love being outdoors. Lots of national parks we haven't spent any time with. We've got a beautiful granddaughter up in Michigan. We're planning to spend even more time with her. And my hope is that I can continue to do some speaking and some writing. I completed my first book a, a couple of years back, and it's in the editing process now. The tentative working title is called Forward to Better, How to Prepare for a Future No One Can Predict. It's based on talks that I've been giving for the last 20 years to college students, but it's very generalizable content. We do live in a very uncertain world. And the basic thesis of the book is we got a limited amount of energy. We can spend the energy railing against things we can't control, or we can focus on those things that we can and slowly have an impact and influence on things to make them things better. So with any, any success in that one, we'll continue to contribute, hopefully to help people to think bigger about their lives and where they're trying to go with that. So we're just super grateful folks. Sometimes people ask me if I have a morning routine, because I always ask my podcast guests if they do. And my very first thought in the morning is I'm so grateful to have another day. I had an older brother and I had a younger sister and then neither one is still living. And so just knowing that I got another day, it's pretty exciting. So God willing, we're going to have a whole bunch of those another days and keep trying to have a good life as best we possibly can. How many kids do you have, you and Maria? We have three children. Daniel is a sales engineer. He's a former bookman. He and his wife have our granddaughter, who's three years old now. Then Mary Catherine is the second one. She lives also in Michigan. She lives in Detroit, and she's the senior events director at a major hotel in downtown Detroit. And then our youngest, Sarah, is a special education teacher right here in Nashville. So proud of all three of them. Grateful for any minutes we had to spend together. 
Well, congratulations. That's a big Thanks, time. Mandy. Uh, I know it's a big change and you've got things you're looking forward to, but we'll we'll miss you at Southwestern. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Dan. You betcha. Bye-bye.